listening to Her Community 2 live from Long Island, New York, hosted by me, Catherine, and my new guest co-host, Dorothy Hill. Join us in this true crime series, The Long Island Serial Killer. How deep does this rabbit hole really go? Okay, so tonight we are on the Long Island serial killer Lisk, uh, part three. We have been going over uh, the different scenarios um, with this investigation that still has no one. So um, there's people who are involved and who are suspects, but nothing's been really getting down to it. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of buzz about it. There's always, did you hear this? Did you hear that? So, um, with me tonight is Dorothy Hill. Good evening, Dorothy. Good evening, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Good. So, we're on part three, and her and I have been doing our homework, our due diligence. We're just checking and rechecking. So, if people say, well, how do you know this? How do you know that? Well, we're just not going to make stuff up or see something on TV and say, oh, yeah, this is what I know. No, this is like actual facts that her and I, we do know mutual people who are a part of this. Um, Everything is alleged. Nothing's proven yet. This case hasn't even gone to court. Nothing. So, um, so we've been talking about the Long Island serial killer. And so just to let everybody know, this is part of Oak Beach Gilgo on Long Island, the South Shore, and it is a kind of, Dorothy, would you say like affluent? Yes. Okay, the homes there are averaging anywhere from half a million to almost a million, if not over a million. Just to give you an idea of the homes that we're talking about and the neighborhoods that we're talking about. There's no neighborhood grocery store, there's no supermarkets, there's no strip malls in this area. It's strictly an an Ellen. I can't even say this right, uh, alienated neighborhood or a type of community. They're very tight-knit and close. So this is what we're talking about. And Shannon's body just happened to be discovered by accident, correct? They were looking for somebody or they found somebody else first? Well, they were looking for her. And they stumbled. uh, That's what it was. Yeah. Right. So she was last seen in Oak Beach on May 1st, 2010. Uh, The wee hours around 6.30 a.m. The sun had already risen. Uh, She was allegedly seen in front of the home of Dr. Charles Peter Hackett and his wife, Barbara Hackett, a nurse, uh, by a neighbor who was fishing just uh, by Barbara Brennan's house. Barbara Brennan is the neighbor not directly across from her Hackett's house, but very close. I, I know that neighborhood quite well. Oh, okay. I've been inside. I've been inside the Hackett's house, you know, for a real estate tour. Uh, but yes, so she was missing, and then her boyfriend Alex Diaz in Jersey City, together with her driver Michael Pack, uh, they filed a I believe they filed a missing person report in Jersey City. But because she had been last seen in New York, I don't believe that the Jersey City, New Jersey police did anything, and for some odd reason it was sort of dropped and then Shannon's mom the late very sad late Mary Gilbert uh, they started searching and they started demanding of the police you know answers to 
her daughter's disappearance, about the people who were in that community. And she was receiving phone calls allegedly from Dr. Hackett. Many people claim they were from Dr. Hackett, including from made from New Jersey. Uh, other people challenge whether it was someone impersonating Dr. Hackett. Uh, so that is a fact uh, that phone calls were made. However, it has not been verified that it was indeed Dr. Hackett who made the calls. Wow. Okay, so um, so now everybody knows a little bit of the background of where we are at. A lot of people aren't familiar with this area. Um, I know a lot of people who live on Long Island are familiar with this area because we do have a lot of beaches here that, that everybody goes to. So everybody knows where uh, Gilgo, Oak Beach, Cedar Beach, Overlook, it's all connected. Cap Tree's close to there. Um, and these are all surrounding areas. So we had part two last week. So Dorothy, if you could do a recap of part two and then we'll go into now more of the mayor and a lot more, you know a lot more, you're a lot more close to it. And um, we would appreciate uh, that way people who uh, are listening could do a quick listen for what happened from last sure. week. Do you, do you want me to just give you a quick recap of my background and how I came into this? Yep. Okay. So I moved to Long Island in 2007. Uh, I married a regional banker. It was my second marriage. Sort of the Brady Bunch. He had two children. I had two children. You know, it was very nice lifestyle uh, together with our combined income. You know, we did live a very nice lifestyle. We were set to buy a beautiful Dutch colonial six bedroom, three bathroom, 3.5 bathroom home uh, in Manhasset, where I still currently reside. He, he has since moved. Uh, and uh, over the course of that marriage, many strange things were happening. He pushed me down a flight of stairs. Uh, the alcoholism became very apparent to me. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, gaslighting. He would move items of mine jewelry, for example, and then tell me that I was starting to maybe go through early menopause. And I actually put a little X mark on the dresser, uh, put my earrings there and lo and behold, they were moved. Wow. Uh, there. Yeah. So there. So I started to learn a lot about, wow, this is a very abusive behavior. Like what is wrong with this person? I'm not going to name him, but lo and behold, uh, we battled it out in court and he, and I believe inadvertently submitted documentation from his then employer uh, TD Bank showing that he and Joseph Brewer were uh, colleagues. That was February 2017. Uh, that went before Judge Greenberg, Judge Ellen Greenberg of Nassau County Family Court. Uh, if she's listening or anyone's listening from the court, she is the administrative judge of the Nassau County Family Court. I was actually shocked that my then uh, ex-husband would submit documentation proving his connection to someone a man, Joseph Brewer, who had hosted uh, parties at his home involving uh, illegal drugs, prostitution, human trafficking, and literally having a driver such as Michael Pack, who is a Korean American from Queens, drive very vulnerable young women to, I call it, driving them to their death. Uh, many of these women were taken to that home. On numerous occasions, uh, there were, according to the neighbors in Oak Beach, uh, many parties. As a matter of fact, one of the moms in Oak Beach was upset about the parties and, you know, complained to the Oak Island Beach Association Governance Board about the parties. And uh, allegedly, Dr. Hackett, 
who again was the home where Shannon had last been seen in front of his home, uh, filed false CPS reports against this woman in retaliation. Now I, around the same time in 2012, after I had separated from my husband, uh, who strangled me to the point of asphyxiation. Now what that means, that's actually a felony. He put his hands around my neck mm -hmm. uh, after I told him to stay out of the room. He had actually barged through. I had literally blockaded the bedroom door with a double dresser. Uh, he forced his way through, gouged the gorgeous hardwood floor, threw himself you know, onto me, a very strong man, played soccer, ran track at Archbishop Malloy, very strong. I couldn't fight him, Catherine. And he gripped my neck so tightly that I couldn't breathe. I blacked out. Uh, my life flashed before, sort of flashed before my eyes, and I went into what's called fight or flight mode, and I literally tried to fight him off me. I was so scared of my for my life. I literally thought, "This is it. This is it. I'm going. This. I'm going to die. My children will be left without a mother." And I was able to kind of squirm out from under him, and he sort of went up against the wall. His, his he looked like he was in shock. Like, what have I just done? I will never forget the look on his face as long as I live. It's almost like he had these sort of chameleon slit eyes. It was very creepy. Oh. He probably was under the influence of something. And he was very angry with me. That was February 2011, Catherine, after two months after the bodies of, uh, of excuse me, Megan Waterman, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, and Amber Costello, what we call the GB4 or Gilgo Beach 4, had been found in oak in the gilgo beach uh northern part of ocean parkway a very you could argue desolate very yes, dark it is. at night yeah, very yes. dark you know right we should actually i was thinking you and i should do like a video run and just show everybody what it's like during the day it's gorgeous i've i have been on that stretch so many times like countless times but at night Catherine it's very dark and if you ever were to break down or anyone were to break down it's a scary place uh, it, you know what and it is uh, you know and I like to drive there in the winter time because you actually see foxes coming out nice. deer <laughs> you know yeah uh, plenty of deer so it, it it's not like this is a dumpy area by no means it is right. just very secluded Right. And Joseph Brewer, um, he at the time owned Eight the Fairway in Oak Beach, which is part of the town of Babylon. You and I both, as I mentioned before, personally know Richie Schaefer. There are many leading high profile people who live in that community. Tom Canning is one and his wife, uh, Evelyn Canning. Uh, Barbara Brennan, uh, she was there that night when Shannon Gilbert went pounding on her door pleading to get in and, and even to this day and I think about this not daily but on a very very frequent basis Catherine is only if Barbara Brennan had let her into the house Shannon may be alive today so I always wondered why didn't Shannon's family sue Barbara Brennan if that were my sister and she had been killed murdered there's I, I would start a lawsuit against Barbara Brennan but see, because it's, it's interesting let me just say this it's interesting that sure. you say that because I a hundred percent agree with you but in reality, I I try to put myself in the position of just say Barbara Brennan. I I'm here alone and I have the dog, I have Lexi, and I hear somebody pounding at my door at what, uh, five in the morning or six in the morning? Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if I would actually let this person in being a female because and I and I'm just being very honest. Although my instinct would be to, yeah, I get, I have to help this woman, you know. 
but how do I know whoever is chasing her or getting her to this hysteric mode isn't mm. right behind her? Now I'm putting my daughter in danger because honestly, if it were me and I live alone, I would. Okay, she was with her mother. Her mother was oh, there, okay. and Barbara had a basically speed dial, and she would call Tom Canning if anything happened. So, yes, hindsight's twenty twenty. But she, similar to Gus Coletti, Gus Coletti actually said to Shannon, "Stay right there, don't leave." And something spooked her also in Coletti's house. I don't know what it was—a photo of someone she saw. Gus Coletti has a son who lives upstate, um, who's a deer hunter. I don't know if she recognized photo. I don't know if Evelyn, uh, sorry, the wife of Gus Coletti was involved. I allegedly he was up early for some type of car show. Oh, is he a neighbor he was... that lives in this area? Gus Coletti. Yeah, so Gus Coletti. I mean, you literally can walk in just a few minutes from Gus Coletti's house to uh, Joseph Brewer's house on the fairway. It's like the late Gus Coletti. He's since passed away. But back to Barbara. Um, something that's important to note for the audience is that yeah, she was in her home. Her father, her late husband, worked at Cantor Fitzgerald. I had been told, interestingly enough, that her late husband had been a part owner of the Hammerheads Disco on Sunrise Highway 27. Oh. Now that's where Tina Foglia went missing after a night of clubbing, and was it 1982? I believe. Um, I'm friends with her sister, and we always wondered if the early Long Island serial killing guy, who maybe liked to go clubbing, like you know, dan dancing. Mm -hmm you know one of the guys who is a suspect very much fits that profile we'll get into that a little bit later but yes allegedly had owned um part of the hammerheads and even joe scalise i told him that joe scalise jr he didn't know that uh next door to the hackets however is very important person we have not mentioned on this podcast and i want to bring this out and i don't know you know what his situation is but his name is john brunkard he's a suffolk county police department officer he believes serves on the pba um he was seen um at his house having a barbecue with my then husband who i at the time had not yet become my husband together with a woman by the name of deborah uh Ferguson Phillips. Now, she was allegedly former NYPD. So you're talking about people, Catherine, high profile, very well connected, very influential people in the Long Island community who all knew each other. Wow. And it seems like, and, and again, you know, everyone's not familiar with Long Island. It is a Long Island, but yet it's a small island. So especially like in that community, it's a very, it, this whole Everybody who is involved in here, it's all tight knit and they're all mostly either law enforcement or white collar, correct? Yes, many of the people involved uh, in attending these parties uh, are, I'd say, real estate, mostly commercial real estate types. And they would come from Brooklyn and other locations, uh, men who own their own businesses men in finance and banking like my second husband, he would always tell me I'm going to poker parties on the South Shore. And then I would ask his friend Brian or his friend Tim, how was poker last night? And they would say, what are you talking about? We were, I didn't see Chris. I haven't seen Chris for a while. Um, it was starting to really, uh, uh, per, let's see what's the best word would be. Per, it was very, um, 
perplexing, that's the right word, perplexing how my then husband was going to poker parties, but yet his friends didn't, weren't with him. And if they were, I'm talking about Catherine, you know, picking a fight with me at like seven o'clock and storming out of the house for no reason at all. And then not coming home until maybe three in the morning. We're talking yes. about eight hours. Someone who's, you know, I would think say the average woman whose husband's going away every weekend, pretty much every weekend or every other weekend for eight, nine hours at a time. And there's no accountability. There's turned off his phone, can't get a message through. And I would have black car. In one case, when I was living on Quaker Ridge Road next to LL Cool J and his family, a black car would be sitting in front of my house. And later someone told me, well, that black car was placed there, Dorothy, so that to, to make sure that you didn't follow him. And I thought, well, why would, why would, first of all, what kind of person am I married to that would we would that someone would place a black car there and what kind of person was i married to that when i asked the driver of the limousine when he drove our family in 2010 to jfk for a family trip out to sedona in the grand canyon refused to give me his name or tell me the company that he worked for there was so much secrecy there were so many components of his behavior that were shrouded in secrecy now i was trained at goldman sachs in due diligence and running uh, due diligence, credit analysis, risk management, and detailed financial transactions, Catherine, in the billions of dollars on Wall Street. So I would turn to him at the end after he strangled me and said, what were you thinking marrying a woman who was trained as an analyst at Goldman Sachs, including by a former FBI agent? And he would just look at me. And I believe that he seriously thought that he was going to outsmart me, but he hasn't outsmarted me and the best is yet to come. That is the best analysis or analogy that I have ever heard. Because again, I want everyone to know um, about Dorothy. She's not just someone who wants to uh, um, just, uh, it, I, you know what it is? I am so amazed by Dorothy because I, I it, sometimes I get tongue tied with you because you are like brain overload with so much information. You just don't say this person and this person by the first name. You are like spot on with the first, the last name and this person and they do this and that. But the background that you have, the education that you have, if you could briefly just let everybody know that you're just not someone who wants to be a part of this and try to get a claim to fame because you're not you know i'm the one that approached you with this you, i think you would make a great uh guest co-host with this and then permanent after this you're just so filled with knowledge but i want everyone to know because you know um i had this one person and uh contact me on facebook messenger and said all these horrible things about dorothy and then when i finally made my bluff with her she backed down and i sent you the screenshots so clearly this lady does not know you because she is like just a solo uh who's just gone rogue and is just saying all this stuff so she really doesn't know you and she did back down um but just quickly let let everybody know mm -hmm. your background uh, as far as education and uh career wise because oh, okay. you're not just you know somebody after you know <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a housewife. <laughs> so that was a quote. That's a direct reference to Suffolk County Commissioner Tim Sini, Sini, who I will be uh, most likely interacting at a later date on a on a separate but related matter. But suffice to say, so I went to Dartmouth College, uh, Ivy League University. 
call it we call it college uh there's a very important supreme court case if you're interested about why it's a college and not a university uh and then after dartmouth i worked for the council on foreign relations which is a very prestigious nonprofit i helped to run the department of economic studies with uh, the late dr c michael aho Uh, at the Council on Foreign Relations, I worked very closely with Pete Peterson, who was the head of the Blackstone Group. I also uh, was able to work on major research projects with James Robinson, the then CEO of American Express. Uh, many heads of state, ambassadors, professors at Columbia, NYU, Harvard University, etc. Uh, then I went to graduate school after having worked at the German multinational conglomerate Siemens. Uh, I wanted to uh really refine my skill set in finance and technology so I double majored uh in those two subjects at NYU Stern I was recruited out of NYU Stern by McKinsey I speak fluent German and fluent French and McKinsey needed consultants in Germany as they were growing their business there I was very honored to work for McKinsey after one year I felt a great urge to go back to Wall Street I had worked at Goldman Sachs summer of 1994 um actually under the tutelage of Phil Murphy Phil Murphy is now the governor of New Jersey um a very important person in my career in my professional development and in 96 I went back to Goldman I helped to manage uh, run the risk department under the then chief risk officer Craig Broderick who's one of the longest uh standing longest running chief risk officers on Wall Street. I learned so much from Craig. I had some of the most amazing stellar uh you know mentors in my career at McKinsey at Goldman Sachs. Then I worked at Deutsche Bank uh actually in the legal department running the ISTA or derivatives negotiation team under Rob Kuzami uh who later became head of SEC enforcement. So Catherine that's how my career really evolved from sort of finance technology into compliance and then into cybersecurity. So when you talk about we talk about who really made the phone call to Shannon Gilbert's uh mother late mother M Mary Gilbert at the time um who really created the uh utopiaguide.com website. Why do these men feel a need to go on to this, you know, sex club uh come up with names like Magic Fingers NY, Teps uh you know I'm sure many of them are listening right now it was a sex club Catherine where they would meet at uh, strip clubs and then they would meet for private parties with you know sex workers uh many of those men were married uh when we talk about white collar you know they were the type of men to have enough cash you know lying around or in secret stash that their wife didn't know about or their play money as they call it and they would attend these parties often with you know drugs like cocaine it was really a combination of both drugs trafficking and sex trafficking and lo and behold you know Suffolk County Police Chief Jimmy Burke himself was operating i would say complicit to a sex trafficking operation that was he was running out of his own home by his then girlfriend um Heather Malone he ended up going to federal jail for beating up uh, a young man by the name of Christopher Loeb and as we you know stated in the past uh Chris had taken a duffel bag out of Chief Burke's uh Yukon uh, I'd say it was his Suffolk County Police Commission Yukon and in that uh, duffel bag there were handcuffs his badge uh sex toys and also a DVD that Chris Loeb allegedly watched at at his one of a private home within his family 
And then Burke basically, as I call it, set the dogs on him, called probation because Chris Loeb had been in a probation state, went to the home, uh, demanded that he return the DVD to him. And that DVD that was allegedly viewed by Chris Loeb um, has, you know, illegal, illegal content, had illegal content. Now, what's interesting is that the DOJ, Lara and others who prosecuted uh, former Suffolk County District Attorney Spoda in McPartland literally told Chris not to use the P word. Now, pedophile. Now, how does a pedophile situation or child porn on a DVD link back to Oak Beach? There is a man within this circle of the secret parties that were being held who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach. He is a convicted sex offender, level one. Um, he is highly charming, very, very handsome. I, I know this person, per, I know him personally. Uh, I also find it very odd that this person came into my life and I've been asked by people, do you think maybe he was placed in your life? Do you think maybe someone set him onto you to find out what you know? That is very, very possible, Catherine. Of course I'm it not is. Ruling it. I am not ruling it out. But suffice to say that I have spent a considerable amount of time with this person within Oak Beach. Uh, not being able to discuss at length, you know, what the nature of that relationship was. But suffice to say that um, knowing this person has led to a recent investigation into the murder of single mom and hairdresser uh, Jacqueline D'Andrea of North Belmore, who was, we believe, uh, hasn't been stated in the press. It's right now, quote, quote unquote, ongoing investigation. But her body was found in Center Reach over Columbus Day week in 2020. And she was very well loved. She has a five-year-old daughter. Rest in peace, Jackie. And as we have, you know, been discussing on Facebook and other uh, fora, we find it very strange that Suffolk County Police has been very tight-lipped about, about her death. I do believe that is related to this group of men. I do believe it's related to one man in particular who's part of that. And uh, DNA is going to crack this case wide open. If they find out who murdered her uh, Columbus Day weekend, uh, whether it was sperm or DNA under her fingernails or, or simply the guy breaks down and confesses, which is very, very possible because I know for a fact that he is under intense, intense anxiety in his life right now. Uh, without saying anything more. Uh, so yes, I do believe that many of these men are connected, Catherine, and I do believe that 2021 is going to be the I year. hope so. Now, let's go back a little bit for uh, the mayor of Oak Beach. Did yes. he live in Oak Beach? Because I thought I read he lives in Belmore. And what's his connection to Oak Beach? Yeah, so there's some people who say, you know, that Dr. Hackett, uh, was really the mayor because he controlled the gate access codes. So basically on the west, sorry, excuse me, the eastern end of Oak Beach, there's a gate, a little miniature white lighthouse. It's actually very cute. It's a very, very beautiful community. Uh, now they have a security camera in. People can't come and go as they used to, uh, even on bicycles. They're quite strict about it. But nonetheless, uh, Hackett liked to... Um, insert himself in investigations including the twa flight 800 etc and that was always a criticism of the neighbors uh, about hackett this person however the other person who calls himself the mayor of oak beach this is someone who would spend more time on the uh western end of oak beach where there is no gate catherine and he would have barbecues and socialize with people coming and going and what i found really fascinating is that the bay constables 
who would come and go. They would go have like, you know, a burger, hot dog, hang out. I don't think they drank on the job, but they got to know him and they got to know him over, you know, several years. Uh, this is someone who uh, would hang out in the Gilgo community. They had like wave runners and boats. And we found photos of underage girls uh, that will be uh, that need to be examined by the Suffolk County Police, as well as uh, possibly men involved in this ring. Uh, and this is also someone who knows Oak Beach, Gilgo Beach, Ocean Parkway, and all the ins and outs. When I talk about the ins and outs, when you're on the Great Bay, and that's the area, the body of water between Ocean Parkway and say, Amityville, when you're looking across, you know, mm -hmm. going, um, right, going north, right, Sorry? you, um, you will find if you explore that area, even driving by that there are these sort of canals that cut through. So when they talk about someone could dormer, like dump the bodies along Ocean Parkway from a car, like got out of the car and dumped it in a burlap bag. It is also possible that uh, people could have accessed those areas from you know something like a wave runner or a small boat that's um, true I, yes absolutely right right yes. so that's that so that's me i wanted to tell you so those are the two theories either the, the the long island serial killer who i do believe the main person is one person i don't believe necessarily that the man who killed the gilgo beach four is the same man who killed uh peaches and her toddler daughter or cherry so peaches and cherries are two women whose names who have not been identified but simply those were the types of tattoos catherine that were found on their bodies and what i also find interesting is some of the women who had tattoos they were scratched out so that is mostly done to prevent law enforcement from identifying them but there's also a very interesting component of this man who calls himself the mayor of <clears throat> repeat despise tattoos he has this i don't know why this very strong uh sentiment against tattoos so there is a lot of information about this man that basically needs to be evolved in what's called a bau2 which is the uh, behavioral analytical unit two of the fbi which is the unit that specializes in serial killers i highly believe again that he is involved um, and there may be other related murders. For example, the attempted murder of Gary Melius in February 2015 in the back parking mm -hmm. lot of Ohika Castle um, that, may, that may be tied into this criminal thing as well. Wow. So this is just more than just uh, sex parties going on, like a group of neighbors of guys just having these parties and soliciting these uh, Mm-hmm. Prostitutes. Yes. Um, it's, so it, it has to be more than that because especially now, do you think um, it's a lone killer or do you think other people know that he is, he did what he did? Some people believe that it's a killing club. And if I did, you know, I want to mm -hmm. tell you, Catherine, I have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours researching Utopia Guide. That is a sex trafficking site that was set up around 2002. Um, ironically, it was started at uh, through a UPS box in Manhasset, the town uh, where that I mentioned before, where I lived with my second husband. And we traced the actual box. And I uh, just a quick recap. I spoke to the Korean American owner 
and he said, oh, that's really interesting that that particular box uh, because there was there was porn being sent to that box. So the man who created Utopia Guide is some powerful guy. He calls himself Slinky Bender. He was taking donations and checks, Catherine, from men to buy the servers and computers to launch the sex trafficking site. So again, it started in 2002. The parties were going from strip clubs to private homes. And even recently, as three months ago, Catherine, I went on the website and they were advertising a party in Oceanside, which ironically is also connected to this quote unquote man who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach. And they were talking about inviting judges so that they could basically blackmail them. And this reminded me so much of Epstein. You know, the Jeffrey Epstein case was very much about blackmailing very powerful men. Now, do you think, because I thought about this and it just, for some reason, I don't know what it came to. Okay, so could it be maybe that these women who were murdered maybe they were sex workers and they were at the parties and maybe at the sex parties things got a little rough and they die if it got i mean it was like just so intensely rough and they just she passes away she dies in the midst of these parties and stuff now it's very hard I would think for everyone to be quiet about stuff like this because somebody's going to be talking. But again, that's not always the case. But do you think that's how it could be? Because I had thought about that. Instead of one person being the lone person, what if these girls were to be in these parties because they're making the money? That's their money. They're not emotionally attached to anyone. So people tend to think that prostitutes have no family. They don't have children. They don't have uh, parents, relatives, sisters, brothers, because why else would they be in this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. So do you think that could be a possibility that things just got out of hand at these parties, that they planned to get out of hand and she dies and then at least one person takes them and dumps them close by? Or do you think that's just Okay, so first of all, I'm just just writing notes as you go, so make sure I address all your points. Number one, there's no doubt that these were rough sex parties, BDSM. And this is why it's quite shocking. If I, as a simple civilian, could read the notes on the Utopia Guide website describing the parties in detail, how they would drug women and rape them from one one man to another, like from tallest man to shortest man, you have to think, one has to think that there are quite a few men out there, probably even listening to this, they're suffering from anxiety. They're suffering from stress. Who's going to help me? Who's going to give the list? And I'll give you an example. When I was bullied, Catherine, as a young girl, there were boys in my high school like throwing rocks at my sister and me. And, and my father made, gave me a pad of paper and said, start writing names. I was terrified, Catherine. I was, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't want everyone in the school to know that I had snitched. Who wants to you know, who likes a snitch? My father made me write down those names and God bless his soul, he's since passed away. He wrote a letter to every boy who had thrown rocks at us and said, I want you to blindfold your son at dinner and have your child eat dinner blindfolded 
so that you know what you almost did to my daughter by blind, almost blinding her. And uh, it was like re- amazing. And I was embarrassed. Later at my, one of my high school reunions, someone came up to me and said, your father was amazing. I said, I'm so sorry. He said, no, no, Dorothy. He's like, now we're older. That was the best thing your father did. And what it reminded me of is this is a community of guy, a group of guys. They're not going to snitch on each other. It's like the secret creed. You know, I went to Dartmouth. We have Ivy League and many other universities. They're secret societies, Catherine. People have been tapped. I'm not going to say whether or not I was tapped for a secret society, but I come from Wall Street. That's my background 20 plus years. I know all about strip clubs, secret clubs, blood oaths. And I've also done a significant amount of research on satanic cults. It was May 1st, 2010, a very important holiday in the satanic calendar called Valpurgisnacht, which is a German name, but it means, uh, you know, again, you can, the readers can look it up. And we also have, as I mentioned on the last podcast, we do have trends and little pockets of satanic ritual abuse, including child torture which is now coming out on the Thomas Valva case. And I do believe just, yes, I do believe surviving sons who have spoken about this satanic ritual abuse and torture. So if you think about the Valva case and those are children and it breaks my heart, it does not, it is not a short, a, a very long jump, Catherine to think that the parties mm-hmm. that they were having and the BDSM, which is bondage, dominatrix, sadism, masochism, and the live streaming and the dark web that was really just taking off and Bitcoin just taking off as a cryptocurrency, where we were reading about movies being made, Catherine. Movies, Joe Scalise Jr. told me that a group of people came into Oak Beach, they rented a house, so they paid money to an owner, and they were producing some type of, um, like porn movies and that they came in with yeah they oh. came in with dark shade cars with dark shaded windows they mattresses and uh they wanted like the ocean in the background and made for like you know very interesting porn movie again to answer your question those parties lots of money involved cocaine rough sex very well could have been the production of snuff movies i don't have evidence all i know is that when i confronted the videographer who was connected to Brewer, he lied to me and said, I went to NYU. I said, I looked at your credentials. I looked at your LinkedIn profile. Did you actually graduate from NYU? Because I did. I went to graduate school there. He later said to me, no, no, Dorothy, I didn't graduate. I took a film class. I said, well, why did you write on your LinkedIn profile that you're a graduate of NYU? That's deceptive, right? So then I started, you know, confronting him. Well, I'll tell you and I'll tell the listeners one night, um, after we were really researching the parties and you know obviously i wanted to know what my husband's connection was was it money laundering he had jimmy burke's card in his wallet he was a colleague of uh of joseph brewer at td bank and i was already talking to senior management of td bank we were discussing money laundering we were discussing secret large amounts of cash being uh, deposited into lock boxes. You know, he would take off on a Saturday morning and say, Oh, I have to go to the branch in Merrick. I said, why it's your day off. Let the manager, let the manager take care of it. And he had to rush, you know, and rush off and do something. And, uh, to this day, I really, I believe that they were depositing large, large amounts of cash. Uh, we're talking about, you know, poker parties, 10,000, 15,000 bucks a pop, 
a lot of money. Think about the money that was flowing. If you went to these parties, you had to pay for the prostitution, the sex, the cocaine, the booze, the lot, whatever, whatever they had at the parties. We're talking again, big bucks. Uh, and then the last thing you asked me was about the lone killer. I do believe that it's more than one person. Again, I don't believe that the the GB4 killer is the same person who killed Peaches. Um, I do believe that there is a strong connection between the GB4 and the women who were killed in New Jersey, Catherine, in 2006, whose bodies were found lined up four in a row in a ditch, uh, whose heads were faced east and they were missing their shoes. Whoever this guy is, he has a foot fetish. Uh, their toenails were allegedly painted red. The guy has some kind of issue with red. Um, I can also tell you factually, and I will write this in an affidavit and swear under oath that the man who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach hates red nail polish. And the reason I asked him is that he said, my grandmother wore that. I hate it. I hate that color. I hate that color on women. I hate that color. And that always stuck with me, Catherine. I could be coincidental, but there are so many components of this man. And I believe he actually has multiple personalities. I believe that He's charming and he's definitely handsome. He's very, very capable of giving a sex worker the quote unquote girlfriend experience and then giving them a call again, cutting them out if he wants to. He gives, he's a pro at giving the silent treatment. And I'll tell you right now, if there is a connection between him and the recent murder of Jacqueline D'Andrea, then the FBI and the Suffolk County Police had better arrest him yesterday. Wow. I'm blown away with your knowledge, Dorothy. <laughs> you really, really, um, I, and let me just add this really quick. Um, and that was a key thing in the emails that everyone's been sending was about who is the mayor of Oak Beach? What is his connection? Why would somebody self-appoint themselves as mayor of Oak Beach? And I've heard of this person. Uh, I've seen the name. I don't really know uh, the connection or anything like that. But it's interesting how people right away, they just latched on to that, the mayor of Oak Beach. And you covered it very well. You described on who this person was. Now, is he, is he involved in anything close to Oak Beach or is he set somewhere else? So he, um, he grew up in Nassau County. He wasn't born in Nassau okay. County. He grew up there. Uh, he has a very close family member who is in law enforcement. They had a falling out. Uh, he is very, very good at trickery and deceit. I, I am like literally blown away at what this person has done. Um, he has never had a serious girlfriend. That's another red flag. He has never been married, right? never been married, doesn't have any children. As far as we know, uh, there could be. Um, there could be a child involved, but again, that's up to the police and the FBI. Uh, but I can tell you that he has tried to keep me close to find out what I'm doing on the case. And as a matter of fact, I'll give you an example. When you, do you remember when you interviewed me out in Cablevision for the public access show? Yep. Yes. So, um, when, once that show aired, Catherine, uh, I actually was going out to dinner with him that evening. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. The interview's on TV, you know, why don't you come watch it? Um, and he actually had picked me up at my house. Now that, again, this is, this is before I knew 
the depravity and how close he was to Oak Beach. And he said, no, no, that's okay. He's waiting in the kitchen. And I thought to myself, that is a strange, one of the strangest things and, and oddest reactions. Why, if you're, Catherine, if you were on TV for the first time, I know you've hosted wonderful stellar programs, but let's say five, six years ago, you're on TV for the first time. And you were to say to your, you know, then friend or acquaintance, oh, you know, the TV show is, would your friend watch it with you? Oh, yes, definitely. I, and the thing is with that particular program, I did not have access to it. I didn't have that particular cable. So I went over to an, a friend's house and yeah, he's all like, yeah, let's watch it. Right. You know, so yeah, they want to have that experience with you. So instead, this person stayed in my kitchen and said, let's go. We have to go. We're going to be late in, in, in an angry tone. I said, wait, just call the restaurant. Tell them we're going to be 15 or 20 minutes late. It's not over yet. I want to watch the rest of the interview. This, you know, this is important. And you could argue, and actually, I think I had actually recorded it, but nonetheless, I just wanted to watch, you know, the last 15 minutes. And he was so angry with me. And he gave me the silent treatment in the car. And I'll never forget when we got to the restaurant, Catherine, I said, why did you go make a reservation at the restaurant that's close to the Cablevision studios? I came all the way home, brushing home 40 minutes because he wanted to drive me because he didn't want, he knew that if we got in an argument that I would go in my car. He's highly controlling Catherine. And I sat there at the dinner and I'm trying to stay cool, thinking to myself, there's something wrong with this guy. Then lo and behold, and God works in mysterious ways, the meal wasn't ready yet. And the band was playing. This was before COVID. And uh, it was, I'm going to have to go back and check the dates, but it must have been January, February of 2020. And I don't know how this one woman, she's so nice. We started chatting. And I don't know how it came up or I maybe we're talking about the show that was that was aired that night. She said, I'm a really good friend of Jimmy Bissett's. I miss him so much. Mm. He was such a great man. I said, we mean like Jimmy Bissett as in the owner of Bissett. Is it how do you pronounce it? Bissett Nurseries? Is that right? I, I believe Bissett, so. Yes, yeah. Bissett, 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 Bissett. Thank you. I always say Bissett because I speak French, but Bissett Nurseries. And she said, no, Dorothy, there's no way that he's a Long Island serial killer. Do you know how much he loved his company and the employees? They were like family to him. And I said, okay, I obviously knew enough about psychopaths and sociopaths to know that, you know, many people like Jeffrey Dahmer have fooled people over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, she went on and on about him. And uh, she said, no, he wasn't. Dorothy, he did not commit suicide. He, he was murdered. Now, I remember going back to the table and our the main courses were being served and we sat down and I was talking about, you know, the show and, and the Lost Girls book that was coming out. And this man who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach, he said, that doesn't matter. That's not going to be a major movie like a Marvel. Who cares? Who cares? I said, are you kidding me? Do you know how many people care about those young women who were murdered, how their families are not getting answers? And at that point, I started to get a little bit agitated because I really do, Catherine, and you know this, and many people know this, care so much about this case and for this case to be solved. And he was just fuming at me. Uh, by the time it got to dessert, I thought I there is something seriously psychologically wrong with this person. He, we actually pay, he paid the bill and Catherine, he left. He left. What? He drove away. He left me there. He left me there. I was 45 minutes from my home. He left and went all the way back to Belmore. I was so upset. 
And then I thought, okay, let me take an Uber home or figure out if do I have any, I did call, I actually called like, um, I called Murphy. I called a couple of friends of mine who live nearby and, you know, people were busy, whatever. I said, you know, I'm just going to take an Uber home. He said, you know what? Forget this. This guy drove me all the way out here. But suffice to say that that was one of the red flags, not watching the show with me. Uh, telling me that people don't care and all oh, that's always going to go on and you're not going to change it and the FBI is never going to solve this case. And I thought to myself, this guy's protected. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah, he's protected. Then I made a couple phone calls to Nassau County Police Department Detective Danielle Perez. Now she is in charge of the sex offender registry, including for Nassau County. And I started chatting with her about the suspect. She got very nervous, Catherine. Oh, oh, why are you asking me questions about him? I said, are you kidding me? Do you know him too? And she was speaking about him, Catherine, in a personal way. Like, I'm not going to say, let's say his name is, for sake of argument, John. She's like, oh, John. Oh, you, maybe you and John should just get along. And I thought to myself, She's, she, she knows him. And then I remember that he told me, yes, when I have to go in and give my photograph at the sex offender registry, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, she's so nice. Detective Perez, she's just so nice to me. It's always, and I thought to myself, what kind of sex offender goes into the Nassau County Police Department, Mineola headquarters, and chums it up with a female detective? I don't know. Guess what, Catherine? Do you think there was only men going to those sex parties and orgy parties? And what person than the police officer would get away with this. So I thought this woman's protecting him. Why? Why? And then I went and I looked at her, who, who, her, who her chief was. She's reporting to the Nassau County detective who, by the way, when I submitted evidence of um, items that had come out of Joseph Brewer's house and two items that had, I, that were, let's put it this way, uh, religious icons with items hidden inside told me we are not going to break those open because that would be sacrilegious and I turned to him and I said but the two hyoid bones of Shannon Gilbert are missing and they are mementos whoever killed her they were not taken by animals Catherine oh that's BS okay I said so I'm not going to disclose right now where those items are but suffice to say that I've had quite a few people tell me that it's FBI time Dorothy you need to get that evidence out of the safe storage area and have the FBI x-ray it because if you're able to prove not only the human remains, hairs and dried skin tissue that you took out of the 2003 Ford Explorer from your then husband's car in April 2011 that was submitted to the NYPD, by the way, homicide, because there were phone calls made from Midtown Manhattan, so thus it was a crime scene in the Gilgo murders, that the Suffolk County Police, including Jimmy Burke, and by the way, quite a few detectives, like Stefan at the time, Vincent Stefan, were refusing to take. That DNA that was taken out of uh, your then-husband's car, plus the DNA uh, that they found at Tina Foglia's uh, site, Plus the DNA that was found on that alleged belt. Catherine, let's talk about the belt because many people are digging into this and saying that it is a an accordion strap and not a belt. You know what? And I remember we were talking about that because couldn't have been like a woman's belt though because sometimes women's belt, a, a, a lady's belt does not have the holes in there. They just put it through um, 
I can't think of it right now at the top of my head. Yes, the loop. The loop, the loop yeah. Yes. They put it through yes. there. Now, could it be there? But but then again, it's awful thick. So I don't know the exact dimensions. I don't, and... but when I saw it, I, I thought right. of both things. I thought, mm-hmm. sure. you know, it could be a lady's belt. But then when you had mentioned the accordion strap, that really sounds a little bit more logical. And there are amazing people doing research. Like, they're doing faster research than the police are, unless the police are doing the same research and four steps ahead. But again, if you have evidence in DNA and you have access to either familial DNA or, or like I mentioned before, the mayor of Oak Beach is a convicted felon. He's a convicted child sex offender. They have his DNA. Have they ruled him out? Are they watching him? I hope to God they are. Because this person has got to be, and I will will go to the ends of the earth, has got to be one of the most cruel per- people I have ever dealt with in my entire life. He never physically assaulted me. He did threaten me one night, and it ended up in a police report. I had to file to the Nassau County elder abuse because his landlord was abusing an elderly woman. And yes, I made that report, and I will stand up in court and explain why, because I refuse to stand by as a 90-year-old woman is being abused in that household in Belmore. No, I agree. But the bot, oh yeah, I, it was, it was, dis- I've told people that that's despicable. Why wasn't he arrested? But again, the police have the responsibility to document who's who in this ring, who's the driver, who's bringing the women in, who's bringing in the drugs. And again, if it is a lone killer, and we know this, we talked about this, serial killers don't stop killing, Catherine. They're addicted, it's like a need. They, they stalk their prey, they plan it, they strategize. And again, they take mementos. They could very well have hidden the men- mementos with another guy to frame him. That's very possible. That's- I'm, not ruling, I'm not ruling that out, Catherine, that those two religious items that I have in a secret hiding place, they, they could have planted the evidence to try to frame him. There was a lot, there were people trying to frame each other. They tried to frame, uh, I, I still think to this day, they tried to frame Bitrolf and we know the DNA was compromised. Wow. Okay, again, and, and again, I, I wanted to talk about the guy with the nursery. I mean, because he had committed suicide two days after Shannon was found. Do you think that's just a coincidence? Well, first of all, I don't think he committed suicide. Uh, Burke <laughs> is a very powerful guy. At the time, there were many murders going on. I mean, there was a woman, Irene, it was a Massapequa Catherine in 2012 after Hurricane Sandy, her body was found. And uh, I don't know if you know, I dug into a lot of the murders around that time. Mm-hmm. Her son said that there was, uh, please help me out with the pronunciation. Uh, it's a it's a drug for diabetes called ketones, K-E-T-O-N-E-S. And her son had said that the medical examiner told the family that that diabetes medicine was in her blood. She didn't have diabetes. Uh, She was a, interestingly enough, uh, head of the foreign student. This gets really interesting now. We talk about Gilgo. She was head of the foreign student administration at SUNY Farmingdale. That's the university actually where my older stepson went. Uh, where he went there later, but I knew SUNY Farmingdale really well because we would have uh, meetings out there and soccer games for the kids and Adventureland is just across the street from the main entrance. But the bottom line is that I don't think that uh, 
the police are really investigating how these women were brought onto Long Island. I know that there was one woman involved in this, Catherine. She used to run Airbnb and she used to pick up people at the airport who came in from young women who would come in from other countries and then get them set up and get them into strip clubs, working in strip clubs. And then they would go from strip clubs to this elite, you know, escort agency. And again, like straight into their death. And all these people who were involved in this, you know, they're out there roaming free. And my view is that they all belong in federal jail for the rest of their sorry lives. Oh, my goodness. So then you're saying you really believe that in 2021, these murders will be solved. I believe that at a minimum, the murder of Jacqueline D'Andrea, beautiful, amazing single mom who lived in North Belmore, whose body was found in Center Reach uh, on a kind of more of a remote road near an electric tower. Uh, I believe that first murder will be solved. And once that first murder is solved, it's going to be a house of cards that starts to crumble. Very, 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 very interesting, Dorothy. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up because uh, we're coming up uh, a little bit past the hour. So how would you want to end this? Okay, because we have talked about the mayor of Oak Beach. Um we did the suspects last week. So what I'd like to know is, and this is what something we could talk about next week, is what exactly, how did these parties get started? Where exactly are they getting these women from? Because I know Craigslist, Backpage, you said Utopia. So I know Backpage is gone. Craigslist doesn't do it anymore. Um, what's behind the Utopia? And... Are there still girls out there who are, I mean, like, is any of this still going on in Oak Beach or is it just, no, non-existent? No, so so uh, I was actually out there, uh, the last time I was out there, ironically, with the man who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach, it was this past summer, actually. And you're probably wondering, like, why does she spend time with him if she knows how dangerous? I did not know, Catherine. I literally did not know how dangerous he is until the news broke about Jacqueline D'Andrea. And I started connecting dots about Dillamere Salon, where she worked, and that I had received a $150 gift card for Christmas present last year, 2019, and that she looks similar. I mean, you look at the, the, the look, it's like the blonde hair, the greenish, she had brown eyes, but you know the type that were targeted. The women who were brought in for these parties, Catherine, some of them are college students. Many of them are very vulnerable. They are sex trafficked, uh, either as part of gangs or, you know, nowadays with Craigslist and other, they're more independent. They work at strip clubs. Uh, they were promised a lot more money. Uh, that was one of the interesting things about I think Maureen Brainerd Barnes, right? Didn't she deposited $900 into her account yes. before the, before, right. So her story is she was in Midtown Manhattan. She had deposited $900 into her account. She had told her sister, she had told a relative or friend that she had, um, I think $3,000 cash stolen from her. And then her sister heard the train background noises of either Amtrak or Long Island Railroad, which is Penn Station. And then within days or so, her phone pinged off the Massapequa Tower, which means that whoever had her phone, whoever kidnapped her and murdered her, was checking her, most likely checking her voicemail. Uh, or we know that they, they had made calls to, um, 
you know, or maybe use the phone. But there were pings off the Massapequa Tower. Now, the man who calls himself the mayor of Oak Beach, who prides himself in fooling people, uh, Belmore is not far from Massapequa. Uh, if you look on a map and then last but not least, um, I just wanted to, you know, share with the audience that these parties uh, that are advertised on Utopia Guide and other sites, they, they continue. What they will do is they'll get young women uh, who are either not as close to their family or don't have a very strong support network. Catherine, they start them out as what's called like um, a coat girl and they'll work, you know, taking the coats at the parties and then they kind of advance them through the system. Mm. Um, we need we we. We need to do more on Long Island to to help these women, to make them aware of when they're in danger. The people who traffic women, young girls, children, pedophiles, what have you, they are experts at grooming. They are so convincing and they will give presents. They will give gifts. The money starts flowing. They will get them addicted to drugs. They will blackmail them. They will threaten them. And that is the core of human trafficking. So if you want to, I can certainly bring an expert in about human trafficking. You know, you and I can together can talk about uh, someone who might be an expert. I, again, don't believe that Suffolk County Police Department or the FBI have done nearly enough uh, to work on this case. I believe that whoever is involved, they know Joseph Brewer. He was core, core to the parties being held both in Gilgo Beach and Oak Beach, specifically at his house that he then has sold in the meantime. And I do believe they need to look into this, you know, uh, my ex-husband who's a former TD banker, uh, TD bank employee, he now works um, in Babylon. Um, I will go up again. I will go up against him in court any day of the week. The evidence that I have against him is uh, stellar. It's it's um, it's bulletproof. Looking forward to that. And yeah, the expert on sex trafficking that would be very interesting on their on their take on this because I do believe that sex trafficking is definitely involved. Thank you, Dorothy, so much. I know we always come up with so much interesting stuff to talk about, and it's really really. Uh, it is truly uh, captivating this topic and hopefully more and more as we talk more into it actually we can actually hope that maybe Suffolk County police will do more of an investigation if there's more there's there's Facebook groups there's another podcast they're all dedicated to this Long Island serial killer because it is fascinating how they haven't arrested anybody yet Right. And also one thing I wanted to add, Catherine, we were talking about the alleged belt, you know, uh, Suffolk County Police Department Commissioner Geraldine Hart, who was former FBI. She made a comment that the belt belonged likely to a large man, quote unquote. Uh, if it is indeed an accordion uh, strap, people have done amazing research over the last week. I am so impressed. I'm not spending much time on online because, you know, the holidays and whatnot. But someone made a point and they traced Catherine H.M. to Hermes Music. And I'll spell it. It's like Hermes, the French company, but it doesn't, I don't believe it has an accent. It's H-E-R-M-E-S. And that company, Catherine, is based in McAllen, Texas. I do recall that Joseph Brewer was born in Texas. I believe his father was in the military. He has some military connections. That needs to be investigated. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. But again, it just seems like it's at a standstill. So hopefully, um, as the investigation, hopefully, if it continues, we can get some more information as it comes out. So until next time, this is part three. 
Thank you, Dorothy. Always filling so much with information. Um, anybody, again, if you have uh, any ideas or comments or if you know something, please uh, go to her-community2.net. You can go to the website and actually scroll down and there's uh, information to get in touch with me about the blog or about the podcast. And you can listen to it from that website. It actually caters to the iPhone for Apple Podcasts or the Android for Spotify. So again, and you can actually send me a direct email at hercommunity2 at gmail.com. Thanks, Dorothy, so much. Until next time. Thank you, and Happy New Year to you and your family. You too as well. Thanks, Dorothy. Bye. Thank you for joining Dorothy and I in this somber series of the Long Island Serial Killer. We appreciate our subscribers. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you are new, and please leave a review. Until next time, take care and be safe. Thank you.